Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody, to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 233. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang. Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And each on our own spiritual journey, we feel all men are leaders, leaders of your family, leaders at work. Leaders in your church and community, but sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged. That's why we're here. So whether you found us on uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or our website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com, we're glad you're joining us. And we're on this No Church Answers Tour, and if you're a man of faith, we're glad that you're joining us as well. I want to go ahead and introduce the panel uh, at this time. Um, world-class policy writer and professional gambler. He is our show producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hello, Steve. Hello. Steve. Former prosecutor, attorney, we call him the hammer judge, <laughs> uh, Michael Cropper. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike. Yeah. Mike. Hi, guys. <laughs> and he is a world-class a corporate trainer and theologian, you know, kind of highbrow. We call him the professor. <laughs> you got to pick up your game to be around him. Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. My name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a contractor, uh, salesman, and uh, uh, kind of the host of this. And, you know, it's funny thing. Uh, we, uh, we were talking about... Uh, uh, doing a TV show, we got an offer, uh, and we did, <laughs> and we and we got a few episodes. But uh, uh, Steve and the fellows can probably fill it in more. But the the names has changed. It's uh, no church answers on that format. Yes, we're we're we're. We've got five episodes in the can. In the can. That's an entertainment. <laughs> yes. entertainment. Yes, it's right. Uh, but and and uh, you know, I'm, I've been working on them. We're very excited about. It. We've had we've had two recording sessions. Uh, we've all of us have been on this, and, and Earl Lloyd too, who's, who's out is out our podcast yeah. today. Is it? Right. And uh, I, I can't say for sure when the exact starting date it will be, but it will be on Saturdays. We will have a spot on Saturday mornings in Atlanta on one of their digital over-the-air TV stations, 16.5 WYGA. But we'll be on Praise the... I'm sorry, it's on... It's, preach it, the Word. Preach the Word. Or, preach the yeah, Word, preach Worldwide the word Network's uh, streaming service, and you can get that on Roku or Apple TV or Amazon Fire. It's a, it's a platform much like, uh, well, maybe not as prestigious as Disney Plus or Hulu, but, uh, right. but uh, they have <laughs> right, a lot of programming right. there and yeah. we'll be there. So, so if, you, if, you're, if you live in Atlanta and, and listen to us, we'll be on at 8 o'clock on Saturdays. And that could be, I'm not making any promises, that could be as early as Christmas Day, more likely New Year's Day or maybe the week after. But around very toward the end of December, very beginning of January, we should be on the streaming platform. Get, Cross your fingers. Get your coffee and watch us. Yes, yes, right. and, uh, you will learn yes, and be entertained. And, uh, we, we can't. I do not know which ep order we'll be running, but we will talk. I know that we've got a few episodes planned about exercising your faith muscle, about uh, some of the Ten Commandments, and even... Uh, and, and so... Uh, be be on the lookout. We'll we'll certainly tell you here, man. And I will tell you what, I like the buzzer. I got Look out for the no church answer buzzer. You get it, you get buzzed, and you know I, I was ready to give one, so I just buzzed myself. <laughs> I, just, I I just saved time. So uh, great. I mean that is awesome, and uh, hope you join us. Uh, what we are talking about, we're in the. Uh, study of judges and um, this particular um, is just the leadership lessons is that what is what we're going into 
And so what I'm going to go and I'm going to read just a couple of quick uh, scripture readings. Um, this is from Proverb 14:28, and I believe this is from the message, which is uh, the professor's uh, favorite version. <laughs> the mark of a good leader is loyal followers. Leadership is nothing without a following. And from Judges uh, 21, 25, and this is the NIV version. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. So I want to go ahead and uh, open up the discussion and uh, have the professor go ahead and uh, kick it off. Yeah, so we did this because next week will be our Christmas show, and we want to talk about the Magi, and then... After Christmas, we're going to come in with a series of three, Steve, am I right about At that? At least three. At least three. We're, we're kind of developing a little bit <laughs> on, on one of my favorite judges, Samson. And so we're going to, so we wanted to kind of, we thought this would be a good point to kind of pause and reflect where we've been with the judges. Each one of them had a very unique way of leadership. A very unique style of leadership, but a leadership that fit within the entire layout that we saw in the book of Judges. And when you look at it, what happens? Israel sins, worships Baal usually. God sends the Philistines, the Midianites, the Edomites, the Amalekites. Take your pick of any ites <laughs> that are out there in the Old Testament world, and they come and they punish Israel. The Midianites were one of my favorites because they would come in and basically right when it was harvest time, they'd come in and steal all the food and ride off. You know, they were, it, This was like Eli Wallach in the Magnificent yeah. Seven right. or yeah. going back to Seven Samurai, the original. Yeah. The, yeah. the bandits coming in and, and there were no, unfortunately, but, unfortunately, there were no seven judges. That would have been yeah. absolutely awesome. So, <laughs> so then Israel cries out to God. God appoints a judge. That judge leads Israel to repentance slash victory. Usually the, ju the judges were all pretty much military leaders appointed for a very specific purpose. They weren't, there was not a judge judging or quote-unquote quote leading all 12 tribes of Israel at any point during this. Gideon became the closest. He had like eight or nine of them that were running with him, but he was the closest. And then after they defeat their enemies, Israel got rest. And then rinse, repeat, over and over and over and over and over again until we'll talk about them later, the Philistines show up, and that becomes a whole other discussion. Um, so we thought it would be a great idea to go look at four judges that we talked about. We looked at Othniel, Ehud, Deborah, and there's a couple of extra people tied in there with Deborah, and then Gideon. And all of them presented very unique leadership pieces. Othnel was right time, right place. You know, I'm, he, and I'm gonna, he, he was the guy, right time, I'm gonna right add, place. Right, yeah. I'm going to add, and I'm going to add to and you can go on with Othniel. Yeah, yeah. Othniel, also in that Othniel study, we did Caleb. I, I kind of, yeah. Caleb slash Othniel, because... Um, he's worth talking about as well, but but uh, I'll I'll pick that up in a yeah. moment. <laughs> but they so he was right right time right place, and he had a really good motivation because Caleb basically said whoever goes out and defeats gets gets my daughter as a wife, and so like yeah. all men, well we're hoping that that was motivating. Was hey, <laughs> you know, um, Ehud, the left-handed accountant as Steve likes to call him, <laughs> he took up the challenge when no one else would. Literally, and and he used different parts of him, of the way he did things to his advantage. He took the very specific pieces he had. He he was left-handed. He he was not thought of as a warrior, you know. So he he used his. Deborah took the lead when challenged, but the interesting part of the Deborah story is, is. Deborah was willing to give up leadership to Barack until Barack said, no, 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 I'm not going unless you come with me. <laughs> and then 
Barack had all the glory taken from him. <laughs> and then finally, Gideon. And Gideon had a lot of testing and questioning and kind of active leadership as his piece as he went through. And, to, and, and I think that was, and, and I thought those were a really good four to five capture of the judges to look at, e- each with similarities, because all of them were called when you weren't expected to be called, but also differences in how they did that. Can, can we look at the scripture again for a moment? Yeah. Okay. The scripture is 20, uh, what was it? Um, Proverbs fourteen twenty eight. Right. In a multitude of people, people uh, is a king's honor, and if there's no people, you can't you can't go on. Let's face yep, it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But but folks, there's a little bit more than that, and and the guys are giving it to you point on what we're talking about. Let me relate it just a little bit more to you. At least for me, I was, it was necessary to do that because it be, to me, there's plenty of leaders like Hitler and Stalin that don't fit the scripture. <laughs> so so go back they were just leaders, two scriptures. Though. Go back two scriptures to 26, 27. Okay, Ooh. Proverbs fourteen twenty six. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. And number 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. So, so putting this into perspective, what we've been talking about, all the judges, we're talking about how God called them and how them, he related them into their kingdom. And that's all I wanted to mention. There's more, it fits together when you read those other two scriptures with number 28. It does. Producer like Steve. Well, like I said, I wanted to get Caleb in there because he, he's, he's, he's uh, I guess they consider him a judge. I don't know. It's kind of like the Ten Commandments. Depending on who you talk to, they enumerate them differently. Somebody, oh, there were there 12 judges, 15 judges. Yeah, put, put, put five, five uh, Bible commentators in one room and talking about judges, they'll each come out with six. You'll end up with six, six, six enumerations. Yeah, and actually, like all good <laughs> Baptists, if you talk to theologians, yeah. If you talk to ten theologians, mm-hmm. you'll come up with twelve different lists. And and yes, and and, yes. and you know, and in you know, is with yeah. Sam and uh, are, are the author Samuel. of our study. How does Moses? Where does Joshua go in this? <laughs> <list>? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what? Uh, so, so yeah, we, even the author considers Samuel uh, the uh, another the the last judge, and it's an interesting choice because that would make. If 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 we consider Samuel a judge, it would make him perhaps the only I think the only Levite who actually gets the title or gets the mantle, and uh, he takes it in a in a certain you know, a different direction. But it's it's yeah each each judge was kind of the man or woman for his time, and uh, each brought a different set of characteristics in, but that kind of fit what they needed to do at the at, at the time. Um, we had we had uh, uh, the 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 need for someone to get close to a king, and suddenly it's Ehud. The the need for a real leader, and Deborah was already an established a judge who was <laughs> judging. The only judge we see in the book of Judges who actually is making. Uh, decisions on on and solving Ruling, resolving problems, yeah. resolving right. resolving yeah. disputes. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, uh, an, uh, an interesting collection of, of of heroes who arose at certain times, but kind of when kind of kind of when God, it's kind of an illustration of how God had the big picture, because He seemed to always pick the one precisely who would who would be able to handle what what was happening. Um, you know, I just want to uh, start bringing the the practicality and stuff um, up of this, and uh, th- that's been a. I agree. There's been a. It's been a great study, and there's a lot of differences. Um, but I had to, you know, think about. It. Of course, you have to have, you know, two or more people to need a leader. Um, but uh, but so okay, let's go ahead and let's get the assumption out of the way. Bill is our infamous if, if, leader here. Uh, assuming that there are two or more of you, you are either the leader or you're led. You know, plain plain and simple. And I get that. But the thing about it is, and oftentimes when we think of leaders, we think of only the ivory tower, the corner office leader. Um, and I really think that there's just two ways that you can get a leader. 
uh, you have a designated leader, and that person is either designated by birth or or uh, they're appointed that they're going to be the next president or whatever. Um, and that's basically determined by potential. And then you have the field commission leader, and that person is commissioned by results. And that person may be so far out in left field and unqualified that the only qualification he or she has is that they win. And I mean win could be you saved our hides, we didn't get slaughtered, uh, you got my child, kept my child from running into the road. I mean, crisis moments. And that's, uh, that's to me, is, is leadership. Whereas the people that are designated as leaders, that's kind of like the leader of the leadership committee. It's kind of the slow-moving blob. U Ulysses S. Grant was that. He, 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 won, he, he, won, he was there as a leader because all he could do was win. Right. He won every battle he was in, and, and he, he was not a political general. Nobody right. wanted him. Matter of fact, he won at Shiloh, and they removed him from off. They took him out, and then Lincoln came behind Halleck, the commander, the chief of staff, and said, "Yeah, I can't spare this guy. He wins. Put him back." Right. No, you you know, and that, and mm -hmm. and there was a, you know, and there were a lot of things about Grant. You'd look at him and go, "You don't want him," but Grant had a unique ability to see beyond casualties. You know, he he was not scared to inflict horrendous at the time casualties on his army and the other army knowing that that's what it took to win not going down the rabbit hole too far no, but no, up no. until then there was a gentleman's agreement you didn't lose more than 10 yep. percent yep. of your troops whereas grant would go in and he would absolutely chase them and slaughter them yep so that, okay that i mean correct. i guess well, for our, our non-historian yeah. but but let's but, but okay. let's go back to this idea of of and, and we like to talk about the culture. Yeah. And and we might even see some of it here because because God pulls these different leaders out. Look at it today. Look look at who the culture anoints as, and I'm going to put quotes around, leaders. First of all, we have these so-called social media influencers. Right. Which, right. <laughs> which, which already, I already folks, already folks, Rob, Robert has his head in his hand, <laughs> shaking his head. And I, right. and I know I'm not talking. And obviously somebody, well, some people, some companies or whatever feel these people are important. I think the media blows them out of proportion because I don't know. I don't follow half this. I don't follow any of these influencers. It, it's the what? it's the van it's the van uh, girl that was killed by her boyfriend out in mm -hmm. Arizona. I think it mm -hmm. was. Um, she was a cute blonde who decided mm -hmm. to travel the country with her boyfriend in their van and posted on social media mm -hmm. their RV life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and and. But uh, uh, my, I have another question while you're okay. on this, Steve. This yeah. is great. Mm -hmm. What's an explainer other than a journalist? I mean, they're coming up with these new topics oh, yeah. for people mm -hmm. that typically just write or state things, and they giving them new names, and you're supposed to throw up your hands and go, and say, "Wow, like, and who, who?" And, wow, and, right? and we so we have we have right now whoever can make the most noise. That's right. Yep. That becomes. Exactly. I'm just commenting on our times, not on where well, we stand. And, and, it, and, it, well, and we and we're going to be okay. Well, let me let me as we wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> so who? Maybe when you come back, you can answer these answer the question. Who made these guys? I mean, we know we know who elected, but but who makes these influencers and these loud voices? Who declares yes. them they are leaders? Yes, I have right. the answer. I have the answer to producer Steve Titch's question. It may be the first time in 233 episodes. When we come back from our break, I will give it to you. This is Man Up. We'll be right back. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. 
to finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org thank you so much for your support and now back to the fellas of man up and welcome back everybody this is man up spiritual oasis for men podcast number 233 we're talking about leaders and we're down this little bit of a rabbit hole about who makes influencers leaders okay and steve titch asked that question before we went to break and i have just a couple of things uh, to say number one lemmings are great followers okay the thing about it is with uh, life um, the new the culture that we live in and I absolutely believe in Maslow's hierarchies and of needs I believe that you must have food and shelter first before you can move up to the next thing and then finally get to self-actualization and that's where this particular generation is having difficulties in self-actualization so what they do is they cling on to these uh designated leaders part, or part of it is they want to jump straight to self act they want to they want to yes. invert the pyramid right no Th question this generation wants to invert the pyramid well actually they, because they've been taken care of and coddled yeah, so much the they, first they two levels they have no idea they, they have, have no never concept been. they have no their, concept their, their concept of of my needs not being met is I, you mean I can't go to Starbucks every day and get my latte? And and you mean I don't get to take a vacation every year where I fly out of the country? Right. The peacetime <laughs> leader. And I haven't got a job yet? Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the leader in peacetime, when stuff is going well, has to be concerned with being a role model, encourage create creativity, be passionate, X, X, X more stuff because he's the peacetime leader so he has to give the whether or not he is a good leader or engaged or not he has to sell that to the people that are following the field commission leader win baby that's it well, and you get your followers and, and, and to draw it back in here you notice all of these leaders or what Bill is calling field commission. They're, they're appointed to win wars and take care of the problem. Specific. Yeah. Specific Very problems. Specific. They, yeah. See, they, they weren't, Gideon wasn't supposed to wipe out the Midianites, take care of the Amalekites, and then go run out the Philistines. His job was to deal with the Midianites who were coming in, and that's it. I absolutely agree that a fair amount of them they wanted to take care of the problem and then get back to their life as normal. And I think that is the kind of issue that when a man sees it, ultimately he's going to have to act. A real quick example, when I was in boot camp, I won the battalion Olympics, so I had a pass. I didn't have to do any service during service week, okay? But it was supposed to be a touchy-feely new program where they got everybody to volunteer. And so we had to provide one person to the galley. And it was the worst duty because you had a, three meals a day for like 4,000 troops, okay? And we, our guy was going to get furnished to the scullery that cleans the plates the absolute worst of the worst job but these guys were such pansies <laughs> and nobody would commit and they were almost crying that somebody i just even though i had it i volunteered and you know what it did smell worse than the pig farm and i'm a <laughs> i'm an expert but you know what in a way it was pretty awesome because it was so horrible and had such a bad reputation People left me alone for a week. And in boot camp, I didn't get yelled at for a week. 
Yeah, because it, you were doing dude, the it was spir- <laughs> Dude, it was spiritual. And sometimes when you see that crisis opportunity, and it's not in your wheelhouse. I didn't do anything in the house when I was growing up. I was a farm animal, you know? But you can accept it and go with it. And it learned. I, I, I learned. And that's what happened here. I think all all of these judges accepted the assignment in one way or another. But I want to go back to how you began this. One of them, well, let's say, one of them did not go back. All it, it seems to be implied that after after the battle was won, after the uh, the invaders were routed, uh, Othanel, Ehud, Deborah, they all went back to whatever they were doing beforehand. They did not, they did not stick on as, as generals or as other, in, in, in other military roles. Except uh, yeah, Gideon. Except, but that's what I think. But yeah. Gideon, in a way, and, and I'm going back to what I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, and, and in my ABF, my Bible study this week, kind of brought this out. The irony is Gideon, Gideon really didn't do that much if you look back, he obeyed. The important one for the lesson, he obeyed, he obeyed. God. But Absolutely. he, they, they, they scared the Midianites into right. a frenzy. Not, not they, they didn't, didn't, they didn't go them. down they didn't kill and them. then, and then chase them away. And then, of course, Ephraim got involved. Ephraim got into a real battle with them. Right. And presumably, after after Gideon pursued them across the Jordan, there was some kind of battle because. They go and and they come and he and he captures the kings and and has them killed or kills them himself, but then, then he decides as we talked about, he's not going to go back to his farm where at least he can thresh wheat now in the right. open air. He right. decides, and and we don't really know, but he decides he's going to retire and somehow be in charge and put this effort, put this golden apron make an idol out of it and put it in his hometown. And we we'll discussed the potential motivations last well, week. Go well, back and look at, what's funny at is Podcast 232. He, remember, he, he declined being king, but then yes. he went and did this. Yeah, and he wanted, he kind of, we talked about him kind of becoming a high priest. And that, that kind of, it, it kind of dispersed his character a bit. And we, this idea of, and this is the hardest thing for men to do, is retire when it's time to retire or move on even even when your job is done someplace move on to another don't try and, and you know don't try to relive old glories um don't stay past the point where you're not we're gonna lo- where you're gonna lose this following now we don't you know I'm, I'm being very speculative here because we really don't the bible leaves us you know a few verses as to what happened other than 40 years he he seemed they seem to the authors seem to put the 40 years of peace onto his account so to speak uh, the mm-hmm. the yeah. uh, e5 that you're talking about uh, had had a much we we don't mm-hmm. see in our study of the judges mm-hmm. folks but if you read on about Gideon later on, right at the end of uh, of serving after winning the war, he uh, he goes back home and he has a bunch of wives and concubines mm-hmm. and has a bunch of children. He has seventy boys alone. Without they don't mention how many daughters he has, but the last one that they mention is born to him of a concubine mm-hmm. in in uh, is it Shiloh guys Shisham mm-hmm. right? Uh, and 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 he calls him Abimelech. So even though he had previously stated. I am not going to be your king. God is going to be your king. He calls his son Abimelech king. And folks, if you read on another few chapters, you find that Abimelech kills his 70 brothers. It's it's just a, it's mind-boggling. And Stephen mm-hmm. mentioned this. The guy mentioned this. I, didn't, I don't know that we're going to cover this in the next, uh, next um, uh, manual or Bible study fellowship manual. But the fact is, is... Uh, Gideon doesn't know it, but he paid an awful price, and I think it had to do. One of it had to do with the effort itself, uh, because of the people around him, and maybe even including mm-hmm. his family, started worshiping that, which he said, and he knew he shouldn't be doing that, mm-hmm. but he did. He uh, he made an idol for which he and his family and the people around him worshipped. So, uh, I have a question. We 
to be called to be in a judge, folks, we read through it, and you can read through all these uh, lessons that we have presented to you, and it looks like it's an easy thing, but it's not an easy thing. It's not easy. When, when Gideon was called, for instance, in his mind, he, I'm sure he knew there were going to be nights he didn't sleep. There'd be times he didn't eat, times he didn't drink, times he didn't rest. And there's no telling whether he spent a month in, in doing his leadership for God as a commander of the forces, whether it took a week, a month. We don't have the time period. But when you serve God as one of these judges, it is a grueling experience for a period <laughs> of time. And, and then, like you said, Steve, there is a time and Bill, there's a time when it's a blessing when you come to the end of that leadership, when you can rest and you can go home. But during the time God's calls you to do something, even now, man, if you're called to be a leader, it's not going to be like eating jello. Mm. There's, there's gonna be a yeah. wait, 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 wait! I want my warm cookie on a pink napkin. Yeah, that's <laughs> with my uh, with my uh, good point. My good latte point. with low-fat uh, cream on it. Right, right, and I need it now, so I can't wait till the next three cars pull through the drive-through. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to uh, say something real quick. The phenomena of the influencer. Um, they want to acquire followers. Kind of reminds me of the poser that wants the big army, um, but with not much capability. Um, the field commission leader is the person that rises up and wants to solve the problem. And that kind of reminds me of a real quick story. Um, and I, I hope it's true. It'd be awesome if it is. Um, Mike Tyson, one of my favorite boxers, was at a club, and there was this and guy buyers. there that was mm -hmm. a Mitch Green, who was a contender. But Mitch Green was not much of a contender. And he gets up on stage, I want you, Mike, I want you. <laughs> and he had a bunch of followers and everything. And Mike Tyson wasn't super well-known back then. And he goes, yeah, Mitch, you can have me. <laughs> in his nice little high voice. And they went outside in the street, and he, he dropped him with, like, two punches and got arrested for assault and all of a sudden mike had arrived <laughs> the real leader but here's here's the thing and and I, I what what came to me as you were talking especially about field commanders real leaders have a goal absolutely and can communicate it and basically say well, everybody get on board T today's today you don't become a leader by just you know, that the point isn't to be, you know, to amass followers. Right. You have to amass your followers for a reason. You wanted them on board, and you've got to be moving towards something. Not Other, other than that, you're you just, have a point. just making well, yourself, it, it, making it's, yourself it's, a, a totem. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not a point. It's not that. It's true leaders develop a vision mm -hmm. that everyone buys into mm -hmm. the vision, and that once they have that mm -hmm. vision built up, then they're able to get the employees mm -hmm. to do what they need to do or the followers to do what they mm -hmm. need to do to implement that vision. And we are going to talk about that further after we take our second break. This is Man Up. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors, pastors and church, church leaders. leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 233 we're not pastors we're just regular guys but we're awesome and this leadership discussion is right in our wheelhouse so i want to go back and uh, bring in uh, producer steve titch if you want to be a leader if you're especially if you're a young person i can tell you how you're going about the wrong way if you want to be let's 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 set a basic level you want to be chairman of some committee 
let's say the chairman of the of the let's make it really low level chairman of the uh, the office Dish party. Washington. No, the office party. I know that's uh, now we'll leave that routine, uh, folks. Uh, off offhand, uh, Bill has written a, a stand up routine about dishwashing committees and other things, which, which, uh, is as soon as we know where it is, we'll sort of direct you. Yes. Uh, so say you're, you're chair, you're, you're on the party planning committee for your office. If you want to be chairman or chairwoman, chairman, we're a men's podcast of that committee. Really your, your motivation should be, I want to, I have some real ideas about how to make a, 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 a bang up party. Uh, it shouldn't be, I want to be chairman of the committee because that'll look good around the office. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and there's too much of this culture that actually will try to reinforce that. And that's what we kind of see today. I'd answer my own question from earlier. We've got people who want to be leaders, not because they want to do anything, but because they somehow want the perks or the visibility or the, the platform and goodness knows the media will give you a platform if you, you know, if you play your cards the right way without really, I don't want to say doing the work, because there's a certain amount of oh, work. No, they they don't with, want to do the with, work. But they don't, they don't want to engage in a mission. And uh, so, so there's, there's, my, there's my flurry of negativity for right now. But I'll say, really, my, in my experience, leaders are are more like the field leadership model. Um, they, they usually rise through what they can show at, at, as lieutenants and captains, if you want to use the military, or as, as managers and directors. It's not, you know, there, and there's, there's politics everywhere, no, no doubt about it. But those who pursue excellence win. Because success is, is totally ephemeral. Excellence lasts. Excellence means you can point to something you accomplished, you, you built, you did, you had values, you put them into action. Success? Eh. Well, you're on top today, you're on bottom today. If you put all your value in success, you're gonna, you're ultimately, it's going to all be taken away from you. Excellence and vision and tenacity and the ability to build can be can be. Is you, you can be with you, can never be taken away from you. A friend of mine told me that the difference between management, if you can imagine this, difference between management and doing nothing, when you're doing nothing, you have your hands in your pockets. When you're management, you have your hands on your hips. <laughs> yeah, well, we're looking and, for and, something. And, and, and the, 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 mm -hmm. biggest, the biggest problem is, and I'm glad you brought up the M word, Right. Man management. R right. Be because too many people that they want to move up and they think they have to be managers to move mm -hmm. up. Managers have leadership given to them because they have a title. A true leader will get people to follow them regardless of the title they have and what they mm -hmm. do. And and management is one of those things. Management is just making sure the floor work happens. Mm -hmm. And and my jo my joke all along is that I can manage because I can make sure work flows. But if I ever have to get into a management position with my individual people, I will manage them mm -hmm. right to the front door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Management yeah. is different from leadership. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. I just want to throw that yeah. before we go no, down and that, that, that was my hole. point. And, okay. and that was my point, that, that right. it, is, it is a total different yeah. conversation. Yeah. Because, because if you're a leader, you don't need to manage your people. Your people take care of themselves. As they go through. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to Michael Cropper. <laughs> Hire the right people when they do. That's the catch. Right. Okay. There you go, Michael Cropper. Yeah, I'm listening to all this. Uh, my my thought. We we had uh, we had received a uh, some guidance from Steve. Steve being our producer, and one of the things he says, "Who is your favorite? Who is your favorite judge in all that we've been looking at?" And of course, um, I, I like the yeah, let's, first let's, of all. I like the statement. Excellence. You pursue excellence. I think that's absolutely it. Um, my my favorite judge out of these, actually, three of them. Besides Kate, you, yes. Mm -hmm. Besides you, judge. Yes. <laughs> Kate, and by the way, okay. folks, I think I also think of Moses as a judge because he judged the people of Israel. They brought 
all sorts of cases yeah. to mm -hmm. him to make decisions on. I think Joshua was a judge as well. Just <laughs> we the official talking. designations that they've talked about mm -hmm. are, are from uh, Christian theorists mm -hmm. or whatever. But um, I, I, uh, I, I, I like Caleb, I liked Othniel, and I liked Deborah because mm -hmm. They stuck out by themselves. They didn't of, have to of have the of the three. God. Pick a pick a pick favorite. One, oh, pick pick a favorite. Got it. <laughs> I can't, I can't have three of them. Have one. Down, okay, probably Deborah okay. because she was a prophetess as well. But who would you who would you go to? Who would, who you would I have follow? Lead? Who would you follow? Who would be the one? You Caleb. 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 Okay. Yeah. No. 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 There's two different and folks. Uh, Steve asked us two different questions. Who was your favorite one, and who would you have as a leader? If you chose them, so there's two different questions. Deborah gets a vote for favoring Caleb. Right. Uh, oh, you want to go? Oh, to, oh, you oh, want to oh. go? To, you want to go to me? Uh, okay. I'll go. I'll go. All right. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Professor. Um, favorite judge has to be Gideon, because I, I I have a lot of respect for people that question everything. I think that is key to a our faith. It's key to being a better person. It's just questioning things. So Gideon would be my favorite. But the one I'd follow is, I'm, I'm kind of like Mike, I'd follow Deborah. I'd follow the woman because she kind of had it together. Well, the two of them, I, I say this while you're, while you're at that. Two of them had, or, or three of them had unfair relationships with God over here. <laughs> <years. laughs> Caleb talked with God. <laughs> you had... Othiel, that the Spirit of the Lord came on, Deborah mm -hmm. talked with God. She actually, mm -hmm. went, when she went to Barak and said, you need to lead the army uh, against the, the enemy, she had spoken with God. Mm -hmm. Barak didn't have the opportunity to speak with God. Some of these leaders and some of these judges we've had were directly <laughs> in communication with God, and Gideon by far was in hey, hey, oh, yes. uh, direct communication yeah, with God. So it's kind of Gideon unfair got for the, the others. Yes. Gideon yeah, got the had yeah. an actual probably pre-incarnate version of Christ showing up. So it would be nice. If I'm going to be a leader, I would like the Lord to, to appear, like you yes. said, a theophany <laughs> to me, and a light and say, Mr. Cropper, this is what I want you to do, oh gracious, fearless leader. He won't call. He won't call you Mister. Um, I, I guarantee that. So you. Okay, um, I'm a little bit different, um, obviously, uh, than the other fellows here. Um, I I don't view I don't view leadership as a permanent designation. I, I feel uh, leadership is momentary. There's there's moments when you are a leader, and there's moments when you need to be led because um, it's about to hit the fan. Um, I'm left-handed, so I kind of like Ehud. I I like uh, I like the fact because I mean I'm kind of creative, but I also like the fact that he's probably a solitary figure. Um, and I, I would probably uh, kind of be like that. But my absolute favorite is Shamgar. And the reason why is <laughs> because apparent <laughs> Shamgar is the one that killed the 600 Philistines with an, an ox, ox goat. goat. And you know what? <laughs> Obviously, he was fairly young because an ox goat is not a military weapon. It's a farm tool that he used like a weapon. So, you know, that he had to be extra awesome to be able to do that. And you think about that. He was probably young. He was probably a farmer like me in a rural area. Pig farmer. Pig. That's what I would yeah. hope. <laughs> well, he I, was. I would he hope. Was, he was a herdsman. He was an herdsman. Israelite. Uh, yeah. And you know what? Let's say nobody was else. a brother farmer. A brother, brother, brother far farmer. A brother, a brother farmer. And you know what? There comes, there comes a point in time where the farmers stand up. <laughs> and and I, I feel like uh, that is a spiritual connection that I have with Shamgar. So excellent. Who would you who would you who would you go to who would you want as a leader or would you as who would you follow? Who would be among the judges? Oh, I would follow. I oh, absolutely you? would follow Shamgar. Okay, absolutely. So I, two I, I mean because uh, that's me. That that's is me. a guy. And you know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people a lot of people don't understand that the reason why so many leaders are so milk toast is because they want people to identify with some trait of them. 
They, I, I can they're, identify. They're too busy trying to be everybody's friend. Exactly. And exactly. not being a leader. Right. Instead of being a point of a spear, they're trying to be a part of a buckshot. The right leader in a crisis will emerge. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's more important who we pick and follow as a leader because in our lives, you will do that far more often than being the leader. And that's why I think this discussion is so important. Mm-hmm. Well, so it, it's analyzing them and then looking at the characteristics that we've talked about here and then I think seeking wisdom. And I think that's the, the thing we haven't really talked much about is, is and Steve put it out there, and we've kind of thrown well, it out once I or twice. Vote, wait, is, well, if you're going to go, let me get my vote in. Uh, okay, get your vote, get your vote, get your vote. Before we go, before, I mean, because get no, your vote. my vote is because we, got, we don't have a consensus. I, I was thinking Ehud because he's kind of slow on the uptake and then kind of lets it all get out, and I'm kind of, I can kind of get into that. But I, I chose uh, as my favorite as Caleb, uh, and I'm not going to give away too much other than the guy had a lot of patience. He, he wanted to go after the Amalekites when he was a young man, years before the wandering, 40 years before, mm-hmm. and he held on to that. And perhaps he went as a better leader by then. And, you know, you certainly, certainly had the experience of, of growing older and living, you know, living basically wandering the desert in this nomadic lifestyle, but finally he got to do what he had dreamed of doing. Uh, and he led his men, and he led, he, he led his, it was his nephew, right, who was off yep. male. Yes. Um, yeah. And, but when it comes to following, who would I follow? Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> Our consensus, oh. three of us. Here we are, the man up, man up yeah. spiritual oasis oh, for men. For men, we all three of three out of four of us vote for Deborah. Well, the reason why I didn't, I have four sisters. Yeah, so I wouldn't, there you go. I wouldn't there you go. Okay, okay. So, now, yeah. So, and, and 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 it comes back to something we've talked about a little bit. But where are the Levites during this? Because mm-hmm. so obviously the tabernacle showed up because that's where Samuel is, and Samuel gets presented in the tabernacle, and we'll, we've mm-hmm. we've talked about that in other lessons. Um, but where the where is the spiritual leadership among the, the, the Israelites? The Levites have always been followers. When you ask that question, you guys put that in our information. I went back. That's a good point, Mike. Yes, they were designated as followers. Yes, there are several stories throughout the Old Testament where they will worship whatever they're told to worship, and and mm-hmm. it, it, sort of, sort of. I got to say that with a condition because. Uh, most of the time they'll worship God, but if you tell them to worship God and this particular little idol over here, they'll do that too. They'll lead worship. They were followers, and they were connection to God, and he, uh, he anointed them. So. The, the Levites, did That's they just not have a good reputation? I mean, you get you They, get they this had a reputation as the priest. Well, you get this idea that you know the, the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, were... We're always going up against them. Yeah. By the way, yeah, and, and like like, like, like the Levites, you had much, now, much now we're later. advancing well, several a, a couple of centuries that, after. Because this. by then they had become part of the um, monarchy. State. Yes. Yes. You had your you had your palace, your court Levites. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I guess who pretty much told the king what they wanted to hear, and generally the kings after David and Solomon were most of them were pretty bad kings, and so the Levites. At the time, had to be giving him cover, and of course, that's what angered Isaiah. That's what angered Jeremiah. Uh, and yeah, they were, and they were kind of, you know, they were, they, they were throwing what Jeremiah into a well. They, they did not like him. Now he, I it don't know if you qualify. Well they threw him into the cistern. Cistern, I should say. <laughs> and and so, so was that is really the case? It's the Levites. I, we shouldn't maybe, be. We shouldn't be looking to them I, anyway. I, I, I never really thought of that, but but it also, I. We shouldn't be looking to them, but I think they have some responsibility. Mm-hmm. They have re- because they were allowing the tabernacle and mm-hmm. attitude, right. and and I think that's where, and I think maybe that's the the judges. The last verse of Judges, 
Yes. <laughs> now you ask a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, where are the Levites in Jesus' time? Yeah. The, well, oh, they're the Pharisees. They're the Pharisees. The last right. verse of Judges. Mm-hmm. In those yeah. days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. So right. l- l- let's be honest. What mm-hmm. does that mean? That means anarchy. Yeah. And I think A, no king, B, no spiritual leadership, or spiritual leadership that was willing to go along to get along. Right. And and I think that's where it comes into when you look at Jesus' commandments of do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it comes in that we have to start thinking about what is our spiritual uptake in this this that's right. interesting the world of judges begins it, it devolves that that's a sad finish and these this is written supposedly to draw attention to deuteronomy and the yep. lessons are this is what happens yes we've had some great heroes and and these tales is are kind of you can call you know hebrew mythology dare i say it this way but you know, there's probably some basis of history. But these these stories of the judges existed well before I think we have the book of Judges in the Bible. But they were assembled by the author to make this point mm-hmm. that that the, that Israel without the king, and, and I'm going to say that at least that's what seems to be called without the king was pretty much devolving into chaos and at the end of judges there's a civil war they we, we've talked about each of the tribes and for a while it looked like the tribes were getting together they got together a few of them got together with Gideon they were uniting the the last few chapters of judges the the tribe of Benjamin uh they rebel or there's there's some raiding going on with wives I Robert might know it's, it's all yeah, that I, there. Yeah. but there is there is for all intents and purposes a civil war between the tribes and between the other tribes and Benjamin um, and and it they do they do reconcile with the trades of course the trade of wives and women is <laughs> all it does and and but still it's you can see the situation devolving and and um, looking ahead to what we might be doing with Samson I, I just a historian might say the, the king the, a king was necessary. A king, uh, the, 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 the Jewish people, the Hebrew religion, this idea of, of, of uh, monotheism and one God would not have survived if they remained a fragmented among, among 11 tribes and a priestly class. They needed a king. But we read in the Bible that, that the king really wasn't part of God's plan. Samuel makes that clear, but he goes along with it. So... So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to our professor Aha. and sometime history buff. Could Israel have survived without a king? Probably not. <laughs> from a and, and and not just from a political, it was literally a military standpoint. So the Philistines, they get this appearance in Shamgar. Judges three thirty one with Shamgar, <laughs> Bill's favorite judge. Right. Where now after him, this is talking about Mothnel, um, came Shamgar the son of Anath who struck and killed 600 Philistines with an ox goat, and he also saved Israel. That is actually the first time they're mentioned ever in the biblical text. You know, I think you could call the uh, the judges, um, you know, another term was basically up until then was warlords, warlords yeah. over o- no, over over yeah, a little no. a little bitty territory that, and that, and that so that was the, a very good. The and so the judges kind of came in and they're kind of like the federal gov, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, they're like they're yeah. kind of like the overall. Well, the the Philistines, there are multiple they were not indigenous to that area. They they are often referred to as the sea peoples. There are some people that think they're Greeks, there's some offhand um, theories that they're the Trojans. Coming from Troy, right. <laughs> but they were they were they were definitely based down in the Ga- what is now Gaza. Street, yeah, but they the they showed up, oh, mm-hmm. and they showed up a with extra things, and they had this other little thing that no one else in the area had. They had iron, iron, right, and they could use iron and form weapons with iron. And if I if I've got a bronze sword and an iron sword, my iron sword is going to take is going to hit the bronze sword maybe three times. But on hit number four, the bronze sword is going to basically split in half, and I'm toast. Right. Michael Cropper. 
Folks, I'll just tell you, you, you've listened to us and we've talked about things to do and not to do. And, and one thing I want to end up with is Gideon and, and the guys have all shared a lot about mm-hmm. him. Uh, beware, and, and this is practical speaking to you, uh, if you're successful, beware that too much success can change your life. Pride can creep in without you being aware of it, as it as happened with Gideon. As men, we must always be on guard to stop our pride from affecting our lives. If we let it in, it infects everyone we are in contact with. And one of Bill's favorite statements mm-hmm. when we started Man Up was that you throw a rock into a pond and it has a ripple effect that goes out about it. And, and the same would, thing would be with pride or egotism. Uh, folks, if, if, if you're a Christian, you have a great success. Do not let pride enter into your life and do not let it infect you or affect you because it will be like a rock thrown into a pond and affect everybody around you. And that's what happened with Gideon, one of our favorite, favorite judges that we studied. Bill? And we're getting down to the end of podcast number 233. And uh, we're coming up with, uh, I want to preview uh, the journey of the Magi. Um, because we're in the holiday season, Christmas season. Steve. Uh, very quickly. We're going to look at uh, the journey of the Magi next week as, as our Christmas podcast. Um, and it's men on a spiritual journey. So that's what, that's what the appeal was. And we'll look at that trip they took because they were, you, they may have been one among what, what we would consider today as scientists uh, certainly very well rooted in the empirical world. They, they observed, they, they knew the way the stars worked, they followed the, followed the, the way the, the, the planets moved across the sky. So they were, they were, we call them astrologers, but they were pretty much astronomers. Very much first in the empirical real world of, I see it, I can hold it, it's real. Yet they are drawn to this idea of an incarnate God. Excellent. And uh, Professor, how about a preview of uh, Samson? So after the holidays, we're going to talk about Samson. And Samson is the judge. He, always, he often gets compared to the Greek Hercules a little bit because he's got great strength. He strangles a lion. <laughs> he tricks the Philistines with riddles. And, you know, and then there's the whole thing with Delilah, and everybody remembers the Delilah thing. What a lot of people don't realize is Samson is one of those judges. He he probably gets more press than any other judge in the book of Judges. I'd, I'd have to go he's count the, the most verses. well known. You yeah, know, like I'd have to go count the him. verses to see, but he's mm-hmm. definitely one of the most well known. But I tend to think of him as different, and he's kind of a preview of what kind of goes wrong with the monarchy in some levels, because he is literally Samson, the Hebrew playboy. <laughs> the boy liked his women, and more importantly, he liked his Philistine women, right. which I think nice. was kind of interesting. <laughs> so um, we will be talking, spending two or three lessons talking about him. I think we're going to kind of work that out and see. But talk a little bit about Samson and what we can take from his life, because I think there's a lot to be taken from his life. Excellent. And uh, as we're coming down, we're in the holiday season. want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And make sure that uh, you spend plenty of time with your family and remember the reason for the season. So we want to thank our donors and supporters. Our podcast ministry just received a huge boost from Preach the Word Network TV. This is a Christian streaming platform. has offered us a streaming slot for 26 one-half-hour video podcasts. And we at Man Up need your support, so won't you visit our Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men TV podcast on GoFundMe.com. Help us reach our funding goal. Your contributions are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. And so thank you so much uh, for tuning in. On behalf of our producer, Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshy, my name is Bill Cox, and we're on this No Church Answers tour. And Check out our uh, YouTube channel, whether you found us on Pray.com, uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, if you have any questions, you go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com, which is our website, and post it there. And if you're still unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, sugarlandbaptist.org. starts Sundays at 9.45 a.m., and when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF or Adult Bible Fellowship Sunday School class, 
where you can join for small group discussions like this. And find one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.